Hi there, welcome back to the podcast of Erla. I'm really pleased to say that today I'm joined by Liam Bedford, who's going to tell me a little bit more about his new role with Erla, why he's part of the organisation, and about his career in general. So hi Liam, lovely to chat to you, how are you? Hi, really good thanks, it's good to be here, thanks for having us. Well it's great timing because obviously we're chatting in the very week that the whole succession plan for Erla has just been announced. Tell us a little bit more about what that means for you and what you'll be more involved with going forward. Yeah, sure. It's uh, it's really exciting. Um, so, the uh, from first April, I'm taking over from uh, Leslie Ann as the head of academy. So, I'll be taking over responsibility for organising all those uh, training events um, that Erla put on through through the year. So that's really really exciting. I'm really uh, really looking forward to getting going with that. Really. And do you think training is something that people embrace enough in the profession? Is it something that you feel really passionate needs to be pushed in a different direction? No, I think I think Erla have got it really, really good. So the the sessions that they do through spread throughout the year, um, sort of bookended by the their more major events like Congress and the November dinner work really, really well. Um, we've I've been involved in organising their events for a number of years now, and they've always been very well attended, really well received. Um, we're just hoping to to uh, get more dates in the diary uh, to continue that process, uh, and then start working more towards what members want from their training. So, um, one thing I'm really keen to put on in in the autumn is a, a, a quite a lengthy event about claims uh, looking at all of those different risks that affect legacy books and have talkers from all different walks of life telling us about um sort of you know feeding in their specialism um to to, to these sort of earlier experience well that sounds fabulous do you think that since the pandemic there has been a change in people's commitment to training and how they can participate do you think in some ways that's made it there's more desire yeah, we, to take place take part in these kind of networking and training opportunities yeah it's it's been a double-edged sword really because we put on uh, a similar claims event in 2021 so we weren't i don't think in lockdown but we were in kind of restrictions um or people would be more cautious so it had to be a virtual event and the plus side of those virtual events is it's much easier to to log on you don't have to travel you don't have to leave your office if you're working from home, you can just jump on, receive the training. That's great. Uh, and that, that event was really well attended. But I think sometimes what you lose, uh, not being um, sort of in person, in the room, is that sort of networking opportunity and that opportunity to ask more questions. So you get um, loads of people come and listen and, and give you really great feedback. But there's always a bit of apprehension on teams to be the one that s- sticks up their hand and, I think that opportunity to ask a discreet question at the end or just have a chat about issues and that, that that's perhaps been lost. So I'm, I'm really keen to get back to the face-to-face events um, so that the, you know, Erla's members have opportunity to sort of tag on networking and things like that to, to their um, events because many of the uh, sessions are aimed uh, at people coming up through the profession so we want to you know make sure that those those younger uh, members have the opportunity to just mix seamlessly with you know older people in the profession people with experience so that everybody can sort of gel together 
actually you you hit on a, a perfect angle there I was going to talk to you a little bit more about young professionals because of course you won young professional of the year award in 2021 didn't you I did how how much of a shock was it to you to actually um you know win the award but also from that what came from it that you feel is such a sort of a, a um a legacy of having won an, an accolade like that yeah no um it, it was a massive surprise because the field was so competitive. I think in my year, there was loads of us that were up for the, the award. So it was absolutely fun. I was bored over and still am a bit shocked that um, I won it over uh, my other um, sort of nominees. Um, but it was, it was a fantastic, uh, res- fantastic result for me. It, um, you know, really helped with sort of visibility and Erla and, and try, you know, having a sort of um an accolade from them saying well what you've done is you know really well received because we've been doing quite a lot of work on the training side with them for for some time um or, or certainly i had um so so it was yeah it was great <laughs> and, and actually it's it's not the only accolade that you've got to be so proud of this early on in your career is it because um as i understand it you've um, also been listed in the legal 500 um, you sit on the Civil Procedure and Rules Committee for you know, you've got a, a huge sort of, I don't know, a huge CV already This uh, relatively early into your career. You must be incredibly proud of what you've achieved so far. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's, uh, I suppose that's the advice to people starting out, that you've almost got to start just getting involved and start collecting things and, you know, sitting on these committees and, uh, and, and, and being involved with people like Erla, with FOIL, um, uh, and you know, with that and hard work and a bit of luck, you you start getting you know more complicated work and, and complex cases. From my perspective, because I sit on the claim side of things, uh, and you know, things like legal five hundred sort of start to follow, which is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> absolutely. So, tell me a little bit more about that day to day work. So, you work for Kennedy's Law. You're an employed barrister. And you completed your pupillage back in 2017. So it was just six years on now. Tell, tell me about that journey, which obviously yeah. was kind of right in the middle of that. You get COVID sure. so, and all those things. So, so we have to go back a little bit further because I, I actually started, I actually graduated in 2011. Um, and I, I was a paralegal for a number of years before that. I worked at a claimant firm in Leeds for a while, for about 12 months, and then uh, got a job at DAC Beechcroft, who uh, where I met my my present boss or, or two bosses uh, in essence, um, and then I have uh, uh, loyally followed them around. So we we moved to uh, a new sort of startup disease firm in two thousand and oh, I think it was fourteen, um, doing occupational disease claims, so deafness claims, house claims, asbestos uh, related claims. And it was there that I did my pupillage in 2017, by which time I was doing more of the high value sort of high core asbestos work uh, just because I enjoyed it. And I thought it was interesting and they um, they gave they gave me more of it. So it was great. Um, so did my pupillage. Um, I did it between two places, which is really unusual. So usually as a barrister, you do your pupillage in a firm of solicitors who are registered or in a barrister's chambers, but just to be slightly weird, I did it in both. So I spent... What were the uh, benefits uh, of doing it that way, Liam? 
Um, so, well, the, the reason I did it that way was because our firm had just registered as a pupilage provider with this barrister chamber. So it was sort of set up, I applied and brilliant, got it. Um, but it meant that I got sort of both the chamber's experience and, and that in, in a more traditional law firm setting as, you know, solicitors might see it. And it meant that I got exposure to different work. So, I was, you know, I did do a bit of claimant work during my pupilage just to sort of tick the boxes. Um, something that we wouldn't ordinarily do at BC Legal or indeed at Kennedy's um, and um, did more or did quite a lot of cost work so my pupil supervisor was a cost specialist so had that sort of dual specialism of, of or, you know dual experience of doing disease stuff um, on one half and cost stuff on another which has been really useful going forwards because I've always sort of maintained that sort of cost experience as well which feeds into the main claims that I'm doing so that's been really useful um, and then moved to Kennedy's exactly two years and one month ago as we're recording this I know this because LinkedIn popped up and told me about 20 minutes ago um, and that's been that's been really fantastic so we we went from quite a small firm with no sort of hierarchy into you know this massive international law firm where um, you know, I was really pleased to become a senior associate and, and, and you know, carry on dealing with those sort of high value mesothelioma claims. Wow. What do you think then the challenges are for young people coming through the profession now? Now that we're the other side of COVID, do you think it's impacted on people that have come through yeah. the profession a bit later than perhaps you have? Yeah, I think in some ways it's 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 been quite tough on on people who've come through or have joined anywhere during COVID, be it a trainee or an experienced lawyer. Because if you're sat at home on your own, you don't meet your colleagues, you don't sort of immerse yourself in you know the the culture that exists at a, a, a particular firm, and that that can be quite difficult. Um, I think luckily people are starting to come into the office more, uh, and we're getting to that you know point where you can start you know meeting people or you've met people over the last 12 months and people are starting to sort of gel together like they did before um so hopefully any sort of disadvantage that's been by you know by sitting at home is, is hopefully receding a little bit i would hope um it's just i suppose the ongoing challenge is a, is is sort of ad, you know the more agile hybrid working and just making sure that uh you know teams and groups of people are all you know, properly sort of integrated, no one's left out and, and people get that same sort of exposure and they sort of develop soft skills. So just by sitting in a team of people, you'll be all learning continually. And we, yeah. that, that's something that we should, we, we've got to be careful not to lose, I suppose. And I guess that gives you, um, going right back to where we started with your role now for the academy side of things at Erla, that gives you a real opportunity, doesn't it? Because one other perk about joining an organisation like Erla is eyeballing people, getting into a room, coming to these networking events, building up kind of a much bigger family of colleagues and comrades across the organisation. No, that's that's exactly it. It's really, really helped me in my, my career. Um, I've been attending Erla events for what, five, maybe six years. Um, and it's it's been absolutely fantastic. You, you know, come to the first event and you, outside of your immediate group of lawyers and clients that you might deal with you don't really know that many people and now five or six years on we come to congress and we know you know so many more people we've got so many more connections so it's it's really um worked and it's one thing i want to carry forwards and continue 
um, doing as, as head of academy is to make sure that we still have those face-to-face events where people can get in a room and have some training and then have a chat afterwards or have a drink afterwards or lunch afterwards. So they've got that opportunity to sort of foster relationships because it's just so important um, for people coming through just to to have exposure to you know different type different people different businesses different parts of the legacy process um you know i i, I was always very claims based and i still am uh, but it's great to be able to come to congress and know people who are doing m a who've got different concerns who are doing financing who are um, working with brokers they're not in legacy carriers or they're not other lawyers so there's all these different parts of that process that's going on continually in the market that you think all oh, right okay that fits there and that's that's there and it's it's, it's really interesting and quite fun to sort of work out and early just gives such an amazing platform for that okay and finally bearing in mind we've got congress a matter of, matter of a few weeks ago away now just one tip then for somebody who's turning up on the doorstep of Congress for the first time. You've done it like five years, I think you said now that you've, you've attended Congress and probably done your kind of scaredy cat newbie experience of arriving at Congress. Can you kind of look back and say to somebody that's listening to this and thinking, I'm going to go to Congress for the first time, other than rush through the door and look for Liam, like what, what, how should people use Congress to their advantage and how should they really embrace it? Um, I, I think it is it's coming with an open mind and, and getting involved you know you walk through the door and you're into sessions um, so attend as many sessions as you can find out about those different areas that you're not particular. you know you might not be engaged with on a day-to-day basis and work out you know and, and sort of gain more experience and more insight into what's going on in in other parts of, of the legacy market but also get involved with the social events. The great thing about Congress is people are there in that bubble for two, three days. Um, and it's great to be able to, you know, grab a coffee with someone. There's people milling around, go talk to them. Um, there's, there's people in the, you know, the bar area. You don't have to go and have a drink, but you can go and sort of see those people, um, socialise with those people and in a, in a sort of relaxed, informal environment. And, and get to know them because they're the, the you know the people that you know the market is made up of all these different people it's getting to know people and um, that's the that's the key uh, goal of going to congress or one of the major attractions uh, well i'm very much looking forward to seeing you there liam as i'm sure many of our listeners are too so congratulations again on your new appointment um for Ella. And we will look forward to catching up and hearing a little bit more about the progress you make with Academy in the coming weeks and months. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Erla podcast. And we will be back with another conversation with a member of Erla very soon. Mm-hmm.